welcome everybody. Welcome to Not So Molly Mormon Podcast. This is Sarah. And this is Katie. Welcome brothers and sisters <laughs> to today's welcome service. Welcome back congregation. Congregation of lovely listeners. We're glad you are here. <laughs> We're so ecstatic to have you all here today. Uh, oh, sorry. I just went straight into this. This is how my brain goes. So I was looking. Katie, I didn't talk to you about this before, but did you see that talk that, uh, what's his name? He's in the General Authority. And Dale something that gave like a fireside about people leaving the church? I don't think so. What? All right. Let me just Google it real quick because it was like when I was looking up on Reddit, like the ex-Mormon Reddit, uh-huh. and just reading some of those comments that people were like blowing up about this. So is this just recently this happened? Yeah. Oh. Rinland. Del Rinland. Oh, yeah. Tell me about it. CES Fireside. <laughs> Listeners are probably like, really, because you'd not type. Sorry. Um, <laughs> he gave this talk where he compares, like, so basically it's about, um, like, people who leave the church, and he's so insensitive, and it's it's absolutely ridiculous. Like, what they were sharing with me, I was just like, no way that this is true. Yeah. That he would share. I, I wish I could pull it up. I'm sorry. I'm looking at it or looking for it. It's like he did something with this boat. Like, he compared, like, members with the ship and... Fuck, I'm, like, ruining this. This is awful. <laughs> I don't know how to tell stories. <laughs> um, let me... Okay, well, I'll find it later, and then maybe... Or maybe listeners will already know and just let me know and be like, hey, you fucked up, but... <laughs> Um, which we receive quite often, so thank you. Yeah, thank you, you, correction officers we have. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this is why I saw TBM was in this Reddit thread, and I was like, what the fuck is a TBM? So listeners, if you're wondering why I posted that, it's because TBM has not surfaced to my knowledge before. Like, I was like, what does this word mean? And then I had this lovely friend who sent me a message on Facebook saying that she had been listening um, to the podcast. And then we started talking more in detail about her story. And she used the word like TBM. Like she's like, oh, I'm still kind of in the cave when it comes to TBM because I just can't handle having conversations with them. And I was like what the fuck is TBM? (laughs) So, like, I had to, like, Google it, and then all of these different responses came up, like, true believing Mormon, totally brainwashed Mormon, true blue Mormon, and all these other ones. So, anyway, so that's why I posted that survey to see what you guys thought of it, because is it, like, a new term, or has this always been around? Well, I've, I've heard it for a long time, but I think that's because I've been, like, a nerd with ex-Mormon stuff for years now. And on Reddit and everything like that, they use TBM all all the time. And so I was familiar with it. But um, I think if you are just recently out of the church, you probably haven't heard it. Oh, yeah. Okay. Or if you've so never, it's a recent thing. Because I told, I mean, sorry, it's not a recent thing. I totally thought it was like a new, like, <laughs> 2019 term. Oh. Like, 
hashtag bless or TBH or, you know, like something like that. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so old and like clearly not with the time, but okay. Good weird, to know. Weird flex, but okay. Right. <laughs> Good to know. Yes. Um, okay. Well, maybe I'll bring this up because it was like really interesting. Oh, sorry. I'm on guys. I'm sorry. I'm such a scattered brain whatever but I'm on reddit right now and there's like this little post from panic at the disco because <laughs> you know he's used to be Mormon oh, or right. grew up Mormon or, right. and it's like this girl at the concert that says my mom thinks I'm at church and his post says welcome sinner and then Yay. like the, the pricking hands <laughs> welcome all sinners <laughs> welcome welcome to our congregation okay i'll stop now get off reddit and i'll find that talk later but maybe listeners if you guys find it before me assuming that by the time i like katie publishes this i still don't know it but, which is a high probability with me um, yeah. you can let me know because i know like I, I couldn't find where to read it i think you had to like watch like it was broadcasted and you gotcha. had to watch it yeah i'll do a search for it later see if i can find it but, like, because I was reading all the threads and, like, people were analyzing it and dissecting it. And I was just like, what? But it's basically, oh, it's because, okay, there's the, there's two things. Like, he compares, like, this ship analogy. That was one thing they talk about. And then another one is, like, whack-a-mole. <laughs> you remember that game? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, apparently, he, like, he's saying that when people decide to leave the church, that, like, one issue will pop up, like, polygamy. And they'll want to know the answer to that. And then finally they get an answer to it. And then another issue pops up, like, you know, women in the church. And then they get rid of, they hit that on the head like whack-a-mole. And then another one pops up, like African-Americans in the priesthood. And then they push that down again. So he's like, I mean, it's basically saying that, like, once you're leaving the church, that, like, or you have this mentality of a -a whack-a-mole analogy, like, where you're just constantly bringing up new issues for the church to like push down again or beat over the head or whatever. (laughs) It's like insane. (laughs) Oh man. Oh yeah. I'll definitely need to look that up. I want to watch that. Oh, Oh man. You need to, because like, just honest to God, when I was reading, because I've just been reading like these people who are analyzing it, and I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> and so I want to read the whole thing, because it's like blowing my mind. Like, <laughs> it's crazy to me. The longer I've been out of church, the more anytime I, I hear a devotional talk or a general conference talk, it is crazy to me the stuff that these leaders say that just went over my head before or just seemed totally normal before and now it seems like almost every single talk I'm just I I I never have words I'm just like what what is going on exactly like me too or I just think like how the hell did I like just think that these things were normal and was just like yeah okay cool yeah yeah it's nuts it's totally nuts Um, it, it blows my mind. And also, so just so you guys know that, so sorry, I've been blowing up our Instagram stories, but I fucking love chatting with you guys and getting your opinions and thoughts most of the time. Some of them I'm like, who the hell voted no for this poll? Because that is just 
fucked up. But for the most part, I'm genuinely delighted <laughs> to talk and engage and like these these surveys makes it seem like it's a real sense of a community and like we yeah. love doing them, just chatting with you guys and getting your thoughts and opinions and suggestions. Um, so this week we've got a lot of good feedback and examples like or suggestions for topics which I was kind of blown away like when people sent in stuff I was like whoa like that's a really cool perspective right. this one's cool and this is a good idea so anyways basically long story short thank you for giving like taking two seconds out of your day just to send us your thoughts and your suggestions because it's helpful for us and it's interesting too yeah so. be yeah. on the lookout yeah. for some cool new topics soon in the upcoming episodes so today we're talking about mormons and freemasons and i feel like i need to give a shout out to Brittany because she put this idea in my head she sent me this like the netflix documentary that's called freemasons i think that's just what it's called could be more (laughs) <laughs> more lengthy than that but it's me so you know <laughs> freemasons is what it's called and she was saying like oh because i've gone through the temple she's been watching it she's like oh like do you think that this is similar to the ceremonies that are in the temple because she didn't go through but she's like i know you did and i was like oh i remember that like when i read the ces letter that they mentioned how joseph smith mm-hmm. was a Freemason, right? Yes. Mark was asking questions. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, how the ceremony compares. And that was for me a big reason, I think, or convincing argument for me when I was first deciding whether or not I wanted to leave because I remember I looked up the ceremony and the rituals for Freemasonry like two years ago when I was thinking about leaving and when I read what they did and the, the, the rituals and the signs and the handshakes, I was like, fuck, like this is Mormonism. Like right. this is what we do in the temple. So clearly this is not like a sacred thing. <laughs> like This is not some like new holy manifested whatever from God saying this is the only true church like this is just so Joseph Smith get borrowing it from a free Mason uh yeah yeah totally it's it's crazy to me um I don't know too much about this like obviously because I'm not a Freemason, (laughs) nor have I been to the temple but I do know what I can know from like you and other sources and the internet But yeah, it's crazy. Like, Joseph Smith was a Freemason. His brother was, and his dad was. And um, something I didn't know, though, was that Joseph Smith became a Freemason, and then I think it was only two months after he became a Freemason is when he introduced those Masonic rites into the endowment ceremony. What? Really? Yeah. Yeah, and... Before he was um, a Freemason, none of those Masonic like rituals were in the endowment ceremony in the first temple, I learned. So it really was just like after he became initiated as a Mason, those things found their way, you know, whatever, miraculously <laughs> into the temple. <laughs> Shit, that's crazy. I didn't realize that. I'm really glad that you... You are responsible in research because I just want to point out, though, <laughs> listeners, 
okay, just, I almost said fuck off, but then I was like, I love you guys, so I'm not going to say that. (laughs) I did research today, which never happens, but I was very curious and had no idea about Freemasonry at all. I was like, I don't know anything other than what I researched two years ago. But then I failed to make the connection of, like, researching it in comparison to Joseph Smith. So thank you, Katie, for once again being 5,000 steps ahead of me. Oh, whatever. (laughs) You know, I just like to keep tabs on J-Dog. Like, J-Dog, he's he's got that good story, you know? He's, um, yeah. (laughs) Oh, J-Dog. Stealing the Masonic rights and marrying all the ladies. Putting his head in that hat. He knows what's up. I bet he would hate the Gillette commercial as well. He would, yeah. <laughs> I I think all of the men back then would. <laughs> oh my god, Brigham Young would have been fucking picket like rioting. Oh yeah, Brigham Young was commercial. a Brigham Young was a Freemason too. Was he? Yeah, I think most of the men. I think almost all the men, at least in my research that I could find, um, in the early like Mormon days, were Masons. They actually. They created the, um, sorry, it was the, oh, the Illinois, like, lodge, um, the Grand Lodge or whatever for Masons. They, um, all the early men of, like, Mormonism created that lodge. Kind of interesting. Oh, you know what? Maybe you don't know this, and I'm asking you, like, I assume you're an expert, so don't feel pressured if you don't. (laughs) But I'm kind of making this connection now because I didn't realize that, uh, Freemasons started in England. In fact, like I assumed it was American. And so I started watching this documentary on Netflix and I was like, hold up. Mm -hmm. They have the accents. They're British. Okay. Got it. And then I Googled it to just see like, did it really start? And I was telling my boy, cause you know, he's English and he was like, Oh, I didn't even know that. Like I thought that they were, I don't know what country, but he didn't realize that they were English. And I'm wondering if like Joseph Smith also like so I'm sure like obviously it was introduced into the states and like he didn't have to go to England but you know they sent so many missionaries to England oh yeah yeah church was started Uh so I wonder if that was also another reason why it was so heavily influenced from Freemasonry is because like they I mean that was like the second largest population right was in England after they introduced it in the states because they all went to the UK yeah yeah, you came in Scandinavia, right? Right. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, but that makes a lot of sense because, yeah, it did originate in England in the 1700s. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it was around before Mormonism was invented. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> um, invented. Yeah, but J Dog Joseph Smith said that um, these like rituals. He said that they literally were like the from the original masons working at solomon's temple in the bible and that these were the original uh rituals and ceremonies that they would do there and they've been preserved for like you know eight like centuries and whatever for so long um and even in like masonic myth and stuff they would say that sometimes but no freemasons actually believe that's real because they know that it started in england in the 1700s well, yeah, and also, sorry, that was me cracking my knuckles. Also, <laughs> um, 
uh, from what I've read on the scholarly sources I have on Wikipedia. <laughs> um, it says that there's no like religious affiliation with the the Freemasons. Like, and before they had to declare their belief in a high, like a supreme being, which. Mm-hmm was apparently supposed to be a god like or you know a christian god but now it's like not like that is it Um, i thought i was watching that a little bit of that documentary that's on netflix and i feel like it said on there um i could be wrong though but i feel like it said it doesn't matter what god you believe in as long as you believe in a god of some kind but they don't like talk about it there yeah exactly so if if i read wikipedia correctly (laughs) um i think it was saying that they just have to declare their belief in a supreme being but that's not associated with like christianity except for there's like a swedish branch of our lodge like mason lodge that it used to be that it had to be christian oh okay so it was just like that little sector that was Christian or like if they said supreme higher being it was meant to be a Christian God but outside of that it wasn't like it wasn't decided like you had to be a Christian God or whatever it was just that you had to express your belief in a a supreme being Mike that makes sense yeah I have the Freemasonry website up here that says like what is Freemasonry (laughs) (laughs) and they said they just have this little statement that says as a fraternal organization Freemasonry unites men of good character who though of different religious ethnic or social backgrounds share a belief in the fatherhood of God and the brotherhood of mankind okay so God in the sense of just whatever they believe in yeah yeah so I guess you need to believe in something but it doesn't matter what god it is, and uh, you have to have a wiener to join. <laughs> you, <laughs> you cannot, you cannot be a lady. Yeah, participate in any of this stuff. Yep. Um, well, that sounds just like Mormon Church too. So there's our first, can you know, comparison. Right. They, yeah. yeah. Mormon Mormon men have all the power, and Freemasons are only men. I think they do have like organizations that are for the women, but that's kind of like the Mormons Relief Society, right? <laughs> <laughs> Just keep oh, the wives yeah. busy while the men do the important work. <laughs> oh, God. You know what? In that documentary, I think it's the first episode. So if you guys haven't watched it, it's, again, I think it's just called, like, Freemasons or some shit like that, but it's on Netflix. Um, it's pretty boring, I'm not going to lie. Like, I mean, some parts I was really interested in, other parts I was like, ugh, whatever. Um, but I thought it was interesting in the first episode when one of them is going to be initiated, like it was his first time going through and doing all the rituals and stuff like that. And his, it like shows his wife, who of course is cooking, Mm -hmm. mind you. Mm -hmm. So she's in the kitchen, kitchen cooking and she's like talking about like, yeah, it was like so crazy. Like, you know, he would just be like, oh, I'm, I'm going, off, going off to meet my friends. And I'd be like, what friends? You know, and he's like, oh, just my brothers. What brothers? Like, because they're so secretive. And she's right. like, well, maybe when he goes through, I almost said the temple, but when he goes through <laughs> <laughs> the initiation, he'll be able to, like, tell me a bit more secrets. And then she's, like, laughing because obviously that's not the case. Like, it right. doesn't matter if, like, they're married or not. Like, they don't get to know anything. That's another big connection, crazy. yeah, to Mormonism is the secrecy within the temple and I guess within the I guess the lodge the Masonic lodge they do those same kind of oaths you know the oaths uh-huh. and covenants that they will not talk about it outside of that building 
That's crazy. And also, I don't know if you noticed it, but if you looked at the doors, I thought they looked very similar to temple doors They as well. do. I looked up the doors, and I looked up how there's all of those um, Masonic symbols on Mormon temples. Have you noticed? I'm sure you've noticed because you've been to temples. Yeah, they have like the... Um, what are they like the all seeing eye and the pentagram and like the compass and the square? They decorate tons of Mormon temples. They're, but the funny thing is, is they're never in just like regular chapels or churches, they're on the temples. Oh. Which is kind of crazy because, like, you know, a pentagram, it's like that inverted and it's inverted too. Like the same one that, that Satanists use. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, like, listeners, that the go- most, yeah, Google I mean, that. It's throw crazy. Out all the other evidence that we have against Mormon Church, all the other things that we talked about. I mean, if you just threw them all out the window, and you just has, had to base your decision on this fact alone, like how can you still <laughs> believe in a church that their entire like the holiest thing that you can do is the going through the temple and performing these ordinances. And it's all based off of Joseph Smith, J-Dog, stealing ideas from Freemasons. He like, stole it. That's all it is. He stole it all from the Freemasons, which I was going to say poor Freemasons, but honestly, they kind of sound like, you know, elitist dicks to me. Yeah. But whatever, whatever, they can do their thing. But he did steal everything from them <laughs> that goes into the <sighs> temple, and, and uh, he just changed it to have more of a religious or spiritual undertone, but like... Even even the things you say in the temple, I was reading this, like the oaths you make and when you're getting your new name and you're doing the thing through the veil and you're giving the handshakes, all of them are almost all exactly the same as what happens in Masonic uh, ceremonies. Yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And that's like I said, when because I, I think either it's in the CES letter that... Um, they show the exact comparisons of right. um, Masonic beliefs. Yes. Or okay. either I Googled it. I'm not sure. But after I read it, I remember, like, go- like Googling it and seeing the exact comparisons of what they did. And I was like, what? I know. That's literally the same. Like, Even, like, the little prayers or, like, how you hold your hand up at the square sometimes. Like, every little detail is almost exact. Even, like, the aprons. Yeah, so maybe we should just go through all of these, like, comparisons exactly for people who, A, maybe never went through the temple or don't know anything about Freemasons or don't know anything about either of them. Like, I think maybe it'd be good to kind of go through all of it or at least the main stuff. Yeah. And like Katie said, to start off with, like, the aprons. Okay, so if you watch this documentary, if you Google anything – Freemasons, they part of the ritual is they wear this apron. And when you're first, like you first go through and get like first go through the initiation or the ceremony or whatever, your apron is completely blank because you haven't gone through all the degrees. So in Masonic belief, you have three degrees, which again, let me make another comparison. Mormon religion believes in three degrees of heaven, which we can talk about. And I thought that was also similar to um, progressing in the levels of priesthood that the men get to do. Exactly. Kind of interesting. Yep. (laughs) And even you could go as far as to say the levels of temple work because you have baptism, confirmation, initiatories, endowments, and ceilings. Right, yeah, that's that's totally true. So you have to go through these different levels or phases to 
you know, so to say, like build up your apron, even though like in the Mormon church, you don't get these little badges and collections <laughs> on your aprons like the Masons do because in, so for in Masonic, am I saying it Masonic correctly? Yeah. I yeah. don't know. <laughs> um, the rituals you like, you first, as I said, you start off with a blank apron and then as you like progress and finish and complete these degrees and you like your apron will like have these different decorative pins or whatever that symbolize your rank in the what is it called lodge or in the yeah or like the order or whatever in the order yeah yeah. um and in these and so it's crazy because when they're talking like they're wearing these aprons and their gloves which they also have to wear i mean in mormon church like in the temple rituals you don't wear gloves but you do have you know the apron you have to put on which is green so it's not like decorative or anything like that but it's a green apron and then you have the the women have the veil and they have this little robe thing they put on and a sash so it's like a whole get up you know kit yeah. and caboodle, as would say. <laughs> <Kitten> caboodle. <laughs> um, and then you have your little slippers and your temple dress and your disgusting shin white tight socks <laughs> things that are just mm. like rank sexy um but the men wear these little hats that have these little they look like um pillsbury doughboy like the hat <laughs> that he wears that's what they look like but then they have so this little like flip thing this little tassel thing that they switch from the left to the right as part of the ritual and then like the women would switch their robes from left to right anyways the the masons also wear a hat i mean it doesn't look exactly like that but it's a lot of like this outfit that they have to change into and even like the dressing rooms that they were shown this documentary yeah, they're like, similar right they are yeah. they look like the the dressing rooms in the mormon temples as well yeah and did you know i i learned this today when i was looking it up you know on the mormon garments how they have like the symbols on the, yes. the breast mm-hmm. and stuff those are those come from the masonic ritual where they do put like the i think it's the compass goes on the left side like mm-hmm. on, over the left breast and then the, the square on the other side like that comes from um the masonic initiatory as well which i had i didn't oh, know that but <laughs> yeah those symbols are sitting there right on the garments <laughs> See, and I think that was, I mean, my, my memory is pretty shit these days, but I'm pretty sure I remember reading that again when I was leaving and I was wearing garments at the time and I was like looking down being like, wait, what? Yeah. (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I read too that in the Masonic rituals, you also get a new name similar to how you do in the temple. Mm Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, just crazy. A lot of the similarities, like how they have in the in the endowment ceremony they have a man that represents adam and i learned that masons have that too what i didn't didn't realize that like obviously i knew that (laughs) in the mormon temple rituals that that's what happens like you have the man who represents adam and the woman who represents eve and yeah they obviously they don't have a woman but they do have a man that represents adam so or they call him Adam anyway. I don't think they say anything definitely about, like, Christianity, but they do use the word or the name Adam for someone. Oh, that's so interesting. <laughs> they also have a mallet. Like, you know how they knock, supposedly, when yeah. you're going to talk to God? Like, duh, duh, duh. They, yeah. The Masons have a little mallet knocking thing, too, right before they give their secret words and secret handshakes, which are almost identical 
to the Mormon ones. <laughs> I feel like we need to post the like rich like the signs and yes. the handshakes on social media because it blows my mind how similar they are. Um, but yeah, so to go back to the whole Mali thing, like Brittany messaged me about that too and was like, wait, did, you know, in the Mormon temples, like, do you guys like knock at like on a door or something with the mallet? And I was like, yeah, like, so what happens <laughs> is at the end of the two hour endowment session, the part that like you've learned all the signs and symbols and you've done all the rituals of changing the clothing and putting it back on and all that shit you then are allowed to oh and then after this the crazy prayer circle thing which (laughs) literally made me wanted to jump out of my skin every time they did it um after that is when you go up to the veil which listeners if you've never gone through the temple or if you have no idea what i'm talking about like the veil is just like it's it's a pretty large wall that they have so i would say well, I mean, it depends on the temple, but at least there there are, like, five people who can stand behind this veil. And at the veil, like, you have a temple worker who'll go with you. So for women, it's a woman who goes with you who works in the temple. If you're a man, obviously a male temple worker goes with you. And they escort you to this spot in this, like, curtain. It's like a white curtain that they call the veil. And there are, like, these little slits everywhere. Like, there are four, I think, slits that represent the the same symbols on your garments yeah so the one on your knee so on garments you have a symbol on your knee a symbol where your belly button should be and then two on each breast basically Mm -hmm. Mm um anyway so you go up to the veil and then temple worker she'll knock and then the who this person behind the veil who's always a man and supposed to represent god (laughs) will say Behold, this is Jehovah. I'm totally <laughs> fucking this all up because obviously I didn't pay attention. But <laughs> behold, <laughs> behold, who goes there? But no, that's not really what they say. Something along those lines, though. Really, it is. And then the temple worker's like, "Oh, I've brought to you blah blah blah." And then you have to say like your name. So if it's your first time, you would say your new given name. If you're doing work on behalf of the dead, then you would say the name that is given for the dead. And then, and I was always so nervous, y'all. Like, my anxiety was off the charts when I would go in there. Because I have anxiety already. And then going into this, like, endowment ceremony. I already told y'all, whenever we switched the clothes, (laughs) I would be, like, about to shit my pants. Because I couldn't tie my robe fast enough. And everyone's already sitting down. And then there's Sarah that's like, I'm sorry, just give me a second. Like, I don't have it tied. So everyone's waiting on me. So it's the same thing going up to this thing because I'm, like, so nervous because I was, like, I'm not righteous enough. I don't have this, like, thing memorized. That how the hell are you supposed to memorize it? Because you're not given the material once you leave the temple. So the idea is that yeah. you memorize it by just going so often. Yeah. Well, y'all I, know this I, bit should not go that often. I so think I that's probably like, what Masons do, too, because they have to memorize all that same shit. Exactly. <laughs> And y'all, this should have been a sign in and of itself. I would lie every time. Like, this is like my second time going, so I need help. <laughs> it would be like my 30th time. But I was like, I need help. I, need I don't help. know how to do it. Help tell me, me pour. Tell me the magic words. Oh. <laughs> Open sesame? Does that one work? Um, <laughs> so, yes, yeah, so they would do that. So then you have to, like, repeat after them. So the temple worker would be like, Oh, give him the first sign, which is the sign of blah, blah, blah. And then this this 
guy sticks his hand out from one of those slots or like slits in the the veil and you're like whoa (laughs) um and then you have to give like the special sign which is like these weird handshakes they're four and they're these handshakes and then you have to repeat after the temple worker the like little weird cult thing that you say like this part of the ritual and then yeah and then at the end if you complete all four of the secret handshakes and you repeat exactly these um versed scripts or whatever then they say you can pass through and the hand comes out from the other side of the veil and pulls you through (laughs) so you walk through this veil and it's like this guy on the other side and then you go straight into the celestial room yeah yeah Yeah. so that's a little different i think than the masonic one because they don't have any such thing as like any room representing heaven, but <laughs> everything well, else is creative. J Dow got know? way creative. Also, yeah, those those celestial rooms are decked out <laughs> with our motherfucking money, <laughs> right? <laughs> oh yeah, I'm um, over here with IKEA shit, but you know they got some fancy ass like crystal chandeliers in there. I but, know. Oh, okay. They need that. God needs it, though, Sarah. Um, but I was going to say too, um, I I was going to bring up how they both have the oaths to swear secrecy. Um, you can't talk about, like we've, we've said before, you can't talk about these rituals or ceremonies outside of the temple at all, even to other like members. (laughs) And, Mm -hmm. uh, they both have like oaths you take and you vow to never talk about it. And before 1990, the Mormon church had the oath where you basically, you would swear that you wouldn't talk about the, the temple at all. And then you would do these movements with your hands. Like you would <laughs> stick your stick your thumb out and drag it across your throat. Like you were going to what? slit. Yeah, like you were going to slit your throat if you told about the temple. And then they oh. had one where you would cut diagonally, like pretend to cut with your thumb, you'd pretend, and you would go diagonally on your body, like, on your stomach, and they, it would be, like, you're just, like, you know, emboweling yourself. Um, like, you're cutting yourself open um, if you tell. And they only took that out of the endowment ceremony in 1990. So anyone who went before that basically swore a blood oath that they wouldn't tell what happened in the temple. Fuck, that is so scary. Isn't that creepy? And that's super, it's super similar to, like, the O's that the Masonic people, or Masonic dudes, <laughs> they take to, the, you know, they're never, they'll never tell what happens in there. Whoa. Like, how, okay, real talk. Like, if I had gone through the temple <clears throat> before 1990, and we're doing that symbol of, like, cutting my throat or cutting my belly. Like, oh. I just, I can't imagine. I mean, it, it never sat right with me in the beginning. Right. Like, I never felt comfortable from the first session till right before I left. But especially if we did that, Ew, I would be right? like, hell no, I'm out of this. Like, no, It's, like, crazy to think. You know, I don't think I would it, it uh, wouldn't sit well with me. It's, like, sickening. But I also wonder if I was brainwashed enough and, like, had stayed in there longer if I would just kind of pass over it like everything else. Because I look back at everything else that was so wacky and I'm like, oh, I just accepted it. <laughs> but, yeah, no, that's a good point. I mean, that's basically what I did. And, the, and 
so actually one of our listeners asked us this question for a topic and maybe we could do a whole episode on it but he was saying like how basically how do you get to this level and like why you decide to stay even after you know it's like wacky as shit basically I mean I'm totally paraphrasing this (laughs) listener's response but essentially like you know how can you stay if you know or if you know that it's like weird or wacky or you don't believe in it or whatever like what what motivates you to stay and he even mentioned like is it because you've invested so much into this religion sorry he or her I'm not I can't remember um if you invested so much and that's why you don't leave and I think that that's part of it I think that for me personally when I went through the temple it was so much secrecy around it that I was just like really intrigued and really wanted to go and find out what was this like next level about in the Mormon church? Like, you know, I, I was supposed to wait until I got married, but newsflash, this bitch never got married. So I was like, <laughs> all right, well, I'm gonna just go to the temple anyways to find out what the big deal is with all of this stuff. And mm-hmm. maybe going through the temple would make me feel more comfortable and more reassured and secure in in believing and practicing in this religion. Ooh, like yeah. that's kind of how I thought it. That's would be. what you're told too. Is like, oh, you'll know once you go to the temple. Exactly. They, they tell you that, yeah. Exactly. And so then, when I went through the temple, and obviously that didn't happen. In fact, it just made me so much more uneasy and uncomfortable, and just like, oh, I don't believe in this. Then it was that kind of what the listener was saying that I was like, well, fuck, like I've invested 26 years of my life into this religion. Mm -hmm. Like, what do I do now? Like my entire identity is based on this religion. So do I just pretend like I'm okay with it and move on? I think that's what a lot of people do. Yeah, a lot of people either just don't question it at all. Or if they do, the the questions end up scaring them like that. You know, they, they won't know who they are if they leave the church or they're afraid of losing friends and family or they're afraid of a potential hell, I guess. And so all of those things, all those things are a hundred percent what went through my head. And then the other part would just be that how they presented it was, you know, these temple workers and these leaders in the church would say like, you know, well, if you're righteous enough, like, you'll go through the temple and have a wonderful experience because you'll know that it's true and you'll feel the Holy Ghost and it'll be like the most sacred and pure experience that you've ever had. And because I never had those experiences, I always thought, well, maybe I'm just not, I'm I'm not righteous (laughs) enough. Like I'm not reading my scriptures enough. I'm not praying enough. I'm not being faithful enough. Like this is on me. Like I feel this way because of my um, unrighteousness, you know, like, so that's another way that they kind of control and, and make you feel like, okay, well, we can obviously tell that people are uncomfortable with how these ceremonies go, but if we so throw good. in that fear factor yep. of, like, well, it's, or that shame, like, well, this is on you, like, you're right. not good enough, like, you're not righteous enough. Because little then, did you know, and, like, little do practicing members know, I don't think a lot of them really think about the connection between those rituals and, like, Freemasonry, and the fact that those rituals aren't like spiritual sacred things they're they're just taken from this fraternity um yeah but you're made to feel bad if you don't get a spiritual experience from them (laughs) exactly and the whole idea of like other mormons kind of judging you because and i've talked about this before in other episodes when we talk about the temple but this idea of like 
Well, if you only do one session in a day, you're like <laughs> mediocre and a basic bitch Mormon. Whereas like if you do two or three, you're like so righteous, you know? <laughs> and I'd be like, fuck, I can barely get through one because y'all, I mean, I know I joke about the anxiety, but really like it was intense. Like I would have a full on panic attack before I went into the ceremony every time. Like my throat would get so dry. I would start coughing immediately. I had to bring in like, I was like one of those old women. I had a pocket full of cough drops and like oh, yeah. mints in my pocket because I was constantly like, Oh my God, I'm going to get dry throat because I was so like my body responds in a panic attack by being like my throat goes dry. I start sweating. I start freaking out. I can't focus on anything. I'm just like really like, I need to get out. Like, I need to get out of the room. And because these ceremonies, they close the door. And once that door is closed, you're not getting out for two hours. So even if you have to pee or shit your pants or have a heart attack, like, they're not opening that goddamn door. So I would just be, like, freaking out for two hours. And it was so clear that I was having these panic or anxiety attacks because afterwards I once I would calm down from leaving and like finishing the ceremony I would think like oh I'm at peace because like I feel so relaxed now but really it was just coming down from this attack you know like my body just finally stopped being tense oh my goodness oh wow yeah that's horrible I'm sorry I'm, oh no I mean but then I would just think like it's my fault I would always be like well maybe it's because I'm just not I'm, I'm questioning too much. Like I'm in my head too much. I'm I'm too worldly because I find this uncomfortable and I can't get past the, the fucking outfits that you have to wear <laughs> and like just the pure craziness of it all. Like I can't get past it. So maybe it, it, it has to be me. Like everyone else mm-hmm. is like loving it and swearing that they feel the spirit and like are doing hashtag blessed on everything. And I'm just like, <laughs> what it blows my mind that so many of them say they feel that or think they feel that I wonder how many of them secretly I've said this before but I wonder how many practicing Mormons secretly feel like you feel and if they were presented with you know if they listened to our episode and they realized where all of those rituals came from um yeah I wonder what they would do I don't know You know what? I am like certain that it's a high percentage of those folks who believe this or thought and felt the same way I did. Because I said that shit, you know, when I left. Oh, yeah. I would be like, oh, my God, I felt the spirit so strong. The temple is true. And like, blah, 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 blah. And I would just try to convince myself. I mean, I was like, yeah, I can't wait to go to the temple and like write about it in my journal and that every time I'd be like, this is a lie. This is a lie. But I was oh. like, no, I got to say it. I got to write it. I got to do it. Yeah. Like, and even speaking of journal entries, like, I brought out my old journals and I've been like reading some of them, which is a lot. Like, I can only spend about five minutes a day reading them because it's so overwhelming. And I just think like, it makes me so uncomfortable reading them. Yeah. Like, the things that I say, it's like so <laughs> spiritual and so absurd though but like not spiritual in a good way just like total brainwashing yeah and I was actually showing my boy last night like some excerpt from that a friend wrote me and he's like I'm not trying to be offensive and like you know don't take it that way but like did you ever feel like uncomfortable writing this stuff or like uncomfortable reading it he's like because I feel uncomfortable reading this and I was like yeah of course like (laughs) I didn't at the time feel uncomfortable writing it 
but like reading it now yeah of course I feel very awkward and uncomfortable and like it's just like what that's not me that these entries aren't me like this is a product of a religion that's just total brainwashing like you wouldn't be able to separate me from the millions of other Mormons and their entries because they're all the same oh wow yeah that's crazy I wonder I bet I have an old diary somewhere at my parents house from when I was a little kid I bet that'd be such a trip because it's just like, yeah, that's not you. That's not really how your brain thinks. And you probably even somewhat knew it back then, but you're trying to trick yourself into believing this stuff. (laughs) Well, and it's even like these entries. I mean, it's until I was 27, probably. I think I was still writing in them. And it's just like, it's mind blowing. It's, it's very like, I'm, I'm almost like, I mean, at least I have some record of what I'm doing, but it's a bit sad that, like, I manipulated every experience. I mean, the the one entries that I have is about that I actually am like, wow, I'm glad I wrote that down, is, like, my first experience of going to Europe for the very first time. Oh. And I'm talking about writing and my passion and, like, I'm talking about stories of, like, you know, ideas for stories and just how much I love being in Europe and blah 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 and it had nothing to do with like a church related thing uh-huh. and then I started reading the other ones and I was like oh there it is, <laughs> there it is. Like, <laughs> there's that whole yeah it overtakes your personality there's that robot that oh yeah you know, the robot one would have the same <laughs> I wonder if um Freemasons also have this whole idea of like journal entry and you know having to write because listeners if you're not Mormon um, or didn't grow up Mormon, sorry, it's very pressure, like, it's really, I was gonna say encouraged, but it's not even encouraged, it's, like, a lot of pressure for you to write in a journal, mm-hmm. um, from when you're, like, 12 or younger, I mean, even baptism age, oh, uh, which yeah. is eight, yeah. until the rest of your life, so almost every Mormon, if they're a good practicing righteous Mormon, will have, like, multiple journals. For sure, um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I wonder if Masons do that too. I bet there's so many more similarities than the ones we touched on. Um, well, even like, I don't know, we didn't talk about really the three degrees, but like the, the Freemasons have these three degrees that you have to pass through, uh-huh. which we've talked about a bit in our episodes. But if you guys don't remember the Mormon religion, also plug in our Patreon is reflects this three degrees of heaven. It does. <laughs> there. Yes. Uh, so it's like T-lustral, T-rustral, and C-lustral. So the, the different levels of heaven. And in the Freemason, um, I was going to say religion, but it's not a religion, Masonic uh, rituals, they have three levels as well. Yeah. I mean, they're not named the same, obviously, but, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, very, very, like, similar. And they also have um, the symbols, like, the sun and the moon and the stars, which are also on Mormon temples, and they use those for, like, you know, the sun is the celestial kingdom and so on. So there's those similarities too. Oh, that's crazy. Well, I mean, listeners, if you feel like you have more comparisons that we missed out on, because as Katie said, I'm sure there are many, many more. Please email us, and we will maybe do a follow up episode. But um, yeah, we will stop for today because we're already over time. We'll try to keep it a little short for you. But thank you for listening. <laughs> and yeah, like Sarah said. Please check out our Patreon if uh, yeah. if you can. <laughs> It'd be real nice if you could. If you can't, I mean, I know we awkwardly talked about this before, <laughs> so I'm not going to try to do it again, but 
we will mention it probably every episode just because we want to make sure that we can give you guys the best um, audio that we can and with that requires obviously new equipment so if you feel inspired if you feel revelation from the lord jesus christ or joseph smith j-dog <laughs> to sign up for one of our levels um and just help us out that'd be great if not just keep listening and give us you know shout outs and spread spread the gospel y'all spread the gospel of not somali mormon and may <laughs> it um what what is that may it nourish and strengthen your soul <laughs> Amen. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye.